Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, and I am joined by my favorite people in the world, as usual, Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. Woo! I'm here today. I'm here You're today. You're super pumped. I'm always pumped to do this show. Guys, I got my puppy last weekend, and I decided to name my puppy Rocket. So, that is so cute. I know. She's a, she's a girl uh, Havanese, and we do. So it's it's already very confusing in the house, because I'll be talking about, like, <laughs> like Rocket, and then Frank will be like, what? Are you doing the podcast? Are you, or are you just going to take a bunch of puppy videos and be like, yeah, I'm recording Rocket right now? I'm just so i have to tell you guys like i just posted this to my twitter disney has done the most horrible thing on earth what disney has released a new dog food brand called old yellow dog food (laughs) i'm not kidding i am not kidding it's right there on my twitter you can see bags of it i i i why? Why was right. it? Who did this? What marketing person was like, you know, it's a great idea. Let's <laughs> right. capitalize on the movie, the really old movie where they shoot the dog. I know. That's a great idea. I remember oh like God. seeing that in uh, elementary school and just bawling and like just breaking down in class because <laughs> it was so sad. You know, I don't remember Old Yeller very well, but I remember under or where the red fern grows, and that right. yes. traumatized that was the, the crap oh, out of me. It oh. did. Okay, so apparently this is by Kroger. Thanks, so it's a Kroger. Kroger. So, so, so it's Kroger introduces Disney's Old Yeller chunk-style dog food. Disney's Old Yeller is a 100% complete and balanced product for dogs of all sizes. It is available in 50-pound bags priced at $9.99 to $11.99, <laughs> depending on the geographic market. Kroger plans to support the brand with an aggressive advertising and marketing campaign. Released in 1957, Walt Disney's Old Yeller was, an, uh, was the quintessential tale of a boy's love for his dog, his dog he ended up killing. Right. Um, set amid the landscape of the 1860s Texas, a young boy named Travis wants nothing to do with a lop-eared stray. But Old Yeller quickly proves himself a loyal friend, protecting the family and saving Travis's life. They soon become inseparable pals, sharing joyous experiences and learning valuable lessons about growing up. The movie is a timeless <laughs> oh classic that transcends generations, and we believe this brand will appeal not only to the original fans, but to the millions of Americans who share <laughs> the same kind of special bond with their beloved dogs, said Barry Vance, Kroger Senior uh, Corporate Strategy Manager. Okay, again, I'm he sorry. Killed, Travis kills the dog. Right. I'm, I'm caught up on uh, fans of Old Yeller. I, right. I, I I wasn't aware that there was a big fandom for that. No, I mean, well, no, look, it's a great film and it's very sad and everybody cries. It's like one of those movies that like even dudes cry at or whatever because, you know, he has to kill his dog. I know, dad, I'm going to kill my dog. You don't do it. I'm going to do it. He's my dog. Like, (sighs) that's one of those things. But like, dude, no. Right. No. I, I, mean, I would pay as much as friends Phoebe... for a brand of dog food that didn't like bring up the memory of killing my dog. Like, exactly. It's like, like, it's like Old Yeller right. reminds everybody of like losing their first pet. It's like the most oh, traumatic movie because you remember losing your first pet. Right. So what better way to like feel good about your new pet than to go to the store and buy dog food that reminds you of all the pets you've lost before? Jeez. Are you going to feed Rocket uh, the Old Yeller brand? I'm going to do it just for the lulls. I have no idea if the <laughs> even exists here in um in massachusetts i'm gonna go to amazon prime and find that and get me some old yellow dog food sent to death brand dog food exclusive right. to the west coast we want to get you have, we if you don't get. have kroger it, it exists under ralph's fred Mayer, food for less king scoopers 
uh, King Scoopers, Fry's, Fry's Marketplace, Dylan's, QFC, and City Market. Okay. We have, QFC is our Kroger brand up here. I don't know about you guys. Um, we don't have it in New York, but I grew up with it in Atlanta. Ooh. Oh. What yeah. was it in Atlanta? Kroger. Oh, Kroger. Okay, Kroger. just Kroger. Kroger's Kroger. Right. And then we also had Publix, which is a Florida brand. Um, and kind I of, know um, all about Publix. Stole uh, Kroger's Thunder because <laughs> they're nicer. Interesting. Cool, cool, cool. So maybe we should introduce this other person that's speaking on our right. podcast. Yes. Yeah, who is she? Christina Warren. Am I saying your new title this week or am I sticking with the old one? Yes, you are. Uh, so it's so a senior tech correspondent. Senior tech correspondent. Senior tech correspondent. Here with Christina Warren, senior tech correspondent at Mashable. How are you doing today, Christina? I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a busy week in the tech sphere. As a, is, if you're in any way involved with, with being a tech journalist who covers Apple to even the slightest degree, it's been incredibly busy. As we will be talking about in depth. But I'm I'm good. I'm I'm glad that the week is over. However, oh, I feel the same way. This week has been interesting. <laughs> well, why interesting? Well, just I, I've been having a lot of car troubles this week. So mm-hmm. on top of preparing for our, we're doing an event at the um, Experience Music Project Museum next week. So we've been preparing for that. I've been trying to prepare um, a lot of videos for the next week. And then on top of that, my car broke. So I was, I spent six hours sitting in a Starbucks on Tuesday waiting for my car. Um, I thought it would be done by noon. It was not done by noon. So I ended up kind of missing a whole day of work. And then yesterday, my power steering cut out. So that was an interesting experience. Wow. I drove home without it. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Are your arms, like, alone. really buff now? What was that? Are your arms, like, really buff, like, from turning a car? You know, I'm actually really steering? sore, and I don't know if it's because of driving the car or if it's because Courtney and I were doing live-action Angry Birds yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it could be either of those. I feel really lame, though. I, I ran around in a field for like half an hour and I'm sore. <laughs> I, I have over. to say, Simone, I, I'm disappointed. Like I sent you all those pictures of like pimped out Toyota Tercels on Facebook this week. I was hoping <laughs> that like your car troubles would be like followed by the sentence like, and I tried to swap out my engine with a Mustang engine and it didn't work that out. That was the problem. And, in right, the end, it was because dog. I just threw a Mustang engine in there. Right. Yo, dog, I replaced your engine with an engine. I'm t- sorry, I'm trying to do the exhibit meme. And right. it didn't work. You're trying. <laughs> I was trying. I heard you like engines, so I put an engine in your engine. So you can. Exactly. There, let's, thank let's you. Stop. Thank you. That was it. I know all about memes, Christina. I'm a meme. Well, you, are, you, you, you are, are the youth. I, I... <laughs> Nicole is almost killed me today. today. Why? Why? Because I asked, uh, I, I, I implied that people who played with the N64 were like 30 to 40 years old now, and apparently it's not that old. <laughs> no, that sounds about Which right. Which means pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, that's an accurate right. statement. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, then she I mean, has no reason to kill me. No, she I'll shouldn't. That. Well, she, she shouldn't. She should, like, look, she's just mad that she's 30, but, like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Smooth. I actually have no concept of how old she is. She could be, I, I don't know. 
Ageless, probably. She, she's probably an angel, no, ageless she's being. Awesome. It came she's out at so right. 96. She's 30. It's fine. Yeah, she's, she's That's fair. 30, That's very so. true. Yeah. Try try asking her if she has strong friends about Ross and Rachel, and like, then you'll know. Like, <laughs> she has know. strong feelings about Ross and Rachel. Then, um, oh, my God. Yeah, definitely 30. Definitely 30. So, Christine, I All have right. to ask. Like, you and I are both in kind of the same crappy boat this week that we decided to get some sleep and miss the Apple Watch truck. Like... Are you oh, okay? No. Are you okay? You both missed it? I'm not going to get it until June. Same. I'm so upset. So I actually wrote this article that went up just before uh, we're recording this episode called um, um, FOMO makes it hard to resist ordering the Apple Watch right away. So fear of missing out or FOMO. And yeah. basically talking about how uh, I, I think um, my little line was something like, um, I caved, I pre-ordered the Apple Watch even though I won't get it until June. <laughs> and uh, basically talk, I mean, it's the most first world problem um, yeah. essay ever, but basically talking about how, you know, I have this whole, even though I'm not going to get it until um, June, I still like feel compelled to order this thing immediately because the longer I go without it, the longer it will be before I can get it. And then like the closer it will be to another one coming out. And like, <laughs> it's this whole like vicious cycle of, I need the freaking watch. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You absolutely I'm, I'm upset. the first edition. I'm I'm upset that I that it will be um, June before I get my my uh, stainless steel with uh, the pink um, modern buckle. Oh, you went with but stainless steel. I did, huh. I did. Um, and then I saw it in the store after I pre-ordered it, and um, I got to try it on, and it looks amazing on my wrist. Hmm. So oh. yeah, it's nine hundred bucks with Apple Care and tax um, and. F- F- FML, but hey, <laughs> so I noticed that you had the picture of it in the article about how they're all sold out, and I was like, up. Oh. Poor Christina, <laughs> just staring at that order screen, right, <laughs> tears right. streaming down her face. Oh, yeah. No, I um, you know, I. So, for me, my alarm went off this this morning at like three o'clock, and I was so jet lagged because I just did this one day like shoot over to Columbia College, give a talk, fly back, which you know was great. Uh, you know, the students were amazing. Um, let me tell you, like having like dinner with like 30 students they're all around table like hanging on spellbound your every word <laughs> like it's it's kind of weird and it's very strange but i was just like so freaking tired from that so like my alarm goes off at three o'clock this morning and i'm just like f it i can wait <laughs> i hope it'll be there in the morning uh maybe it won't be but i i thought a lot about it it's not it's not really a money thing it is the a weight thing that um you know i didn't know this but the you know i think it's in grams that the the apple sports watch is 25 and you right. know, the the stainless steel version is 40 uh which you know that's like what almost not half as heavy but maybe you know it's it's non-trivial amount of extra right. weight there and you know i run a lot i run you know seven mm. eight miles every other day and then i do elliptical stairmaster on the other day you know and um i don't know i for me the weight on my wrist i just um i, mm-hmm. I really wanted it wasn't a money thing it was a weight thing does that make sense to you no it makes complete sense and 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 yeah, trying them both on, I mean, it definitely like it feels lighter, but they both feel good on the wrist. So I wasn't really as concerned with that as I was about having the buckle match um, the watch correctly. Yeah. For me, for me, I was like less about 
you know, the weight and more about like, is the fashion going to be good? And yeah. that was my, that was my big concern. Well, I thought about that too. Um, you know, Cult of Mac did a cool like mock up with it in the, God, I don't know how you, is it Milanese loop? Is that how yes. you say it? Yeah. That's the, the I one so. I went yeah, with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I was looking at it and you can tell it, but like the difference in color to me, it doesn't look cheap or wrong. It just looks like a, a small detail there and it didn't bother me and i figure um hmm. you know like it's just going to be you know like we'll get into it in a minute but the reviews of the apple watch were good but you know definitely with some room to go for second generation so definitely i, mm-hmm. I figured that you know next generation is the one to kind of go all out on you know, i'm betting the the watch band will still work does that make sense no, you're yeah. definitely dead on. And I mean, it would have been smarter of me to not spend as much money as I spent on a watch. Well, I mean, they haven't charged me yet, except for the Apple Care. So we'll see. But um, it's one of those things where I'm I'm definitely understanding, looking at, and, and even after trying on the sport one, I liked it more. And the Milanese loop looks really great in person. Um, and it looks really good on a, on a, on a you know smaller wrist. Like, I, re- it, I really, really uh, liked it. Um, part of me almost liked it better than the pink one, but then when I looked at maybe switching my order because the Milanese loop would actually ship earlier. The pink one had moved back really? a month, had, mm-hmm. p- had moved back yet another month. So if I changed my mind, like it'd be jol- anyway, there's this whole FOMO thing. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I've made my decision. I'm doing it, but no, I mean, um, I think that it'll look good and it won't look like it clashes or whatever. I think it'll look good. So you're getting, you got the, the stainless steel version with the, the pink rubber band. Is that right? No, no, okay, no, 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 right. The pink no, soft with, leather with the, band. The oh, pink soft right. leather band with, with, with the stainless steel accent, yeah, the modern yeah, buckle. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good looking watch. Um, I don't know. Wouldn't you worry that would like clash with the, whatever outfit you're working or do you wear neutral colors? So that can I usually kind wear of be neutral the, colors. Yeah. Um, and I can also eventually, I might get the Milanese um, loop band because for like a hundred fifty dollars yeah. i might buy that separately mm-hmm. that's what since I they can switch them out that's probably what i'm probably gonna do yeah um and and um especially after i saw it in purpose and i really liked it but i really liked that soft pink and and the thing is it was light enough my skin tone it kind of looks almost beige at, at certain things like mm-hmm. i could see it actually really kind of looking nice i mean it's just, it's a pretty watch no, that makes sense yeah. to me. I, I think for me, um, you know, like my red streak in my hair tends to be the main color scheme. <laughs> so, you know, anything else I'm wearing. Do you match everything to that? I, I do, actually. That's the reason, yeah. um, you know, often when I don't want people to talk to me, <laughs> I will <don't, like, laughs> wear my Beats, uh, you know, uh, studio headphones, like even around my neck, just because like it, it matches and I'll wear too much eyeliner. That it just looks so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. I don't See, know. Yeah. The pink isn't pink enough for me. I would want, I would want a hot pink leather band because i'm trash <laughs> and that's how i like to live but yeah it's it's so beautiful I'm, I'm actually curious brie do you wear a watch when you run like i know you have a pebble yeah I think. yeah i have a do heart rate that? monitor when i run oh, um you know okay. if you're if you're serious about running that's actually really important data um but yeah. i don't know i do you guys like i have a problem with the colors that Apple picks overall for stuff. Like this this is the same problem I have with the Nano line. And I mean, I don't know what your perception of the colors are, but it seems to be this this kind of washed out soft color that's kind of indecisive. You know, it's well, like, that's yeah, why I have an yeah. iPhone 5C because right. I love those bright neon colors. Like yeah, I have the pink great. one yeah, and right. it, it looks awesome. And I have a blue case on it and it contrasts really nicely. Yeah. Um, I feel like the watch maybe isn't quite the right 
product for that at the moment since, I mean, it's new. It's the newest, biggest, strongest smartwatch and not biggest physically, but I, I feel like they're trying to go for a more refined image for it. Maybe we'll see a Apple Watch C with bright colors someday. That well, would be yeah, the one I would spring for. And I think, too, that even though they haven't really talked about whether third parties are going to be allowed to do bands or not, clearly third parties are going to reverse engineer this thing and make bands. Yeah, no and kidding. And I think that you will see amazing, you know, um, options that way. I mean, to me, that seems to be like that will be the most exciting part. I don't know if I would want the, the anodized or or the steel to be a different color. You know, I don't, I don't think I would want that to be yeah. a different color. But then you can really customize the hell out of the band and make that really pop. And then you can get your hot pink leather like you want. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, but do you like those colors, Christina? Yeah, I do. I, I, li- I like I like what they picked. I mean, I I um I, I'm kind of with you on the nano. You know, they seem a little muted, but no, I think for the watch I like what they picked and and, and I liked the, the the sport watch bands that I saw, you know, in person and and I like yeah. I like I like their selection. I mean, I think that, that starting out, you know, they've got, you know, what like 20 different options or whatever. I think they they look really good. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, do we want to get into the reviews and stuff of it this I mean, week? Yeah, yeah, we're already talking about it. Um, <laughs> so, so, the Apple Watch. <laughs> That's a thing. So, it's been pretty positive, right? Like, it, yeah. it for a first-generation Apple product, it's been like, hey, this works. It could be better in certain ways, but it hasn't been a catastrophic failure, which I don't think anyone expected it to be. But thought... I've been seeing really surprisingly positive things about it. Not surprisingly positive, but... Positive, positive. I, I thought The Verge kind of tore it to pieces. <laughs> like, that was a I just watched review. that review. Yeah. I, I didn't see it as, like, overly negative. They, they definitely had some complaints, which I totally agreed with as far as the um, – one of his complaints was the notifications and how, um, how they weren't quite granular mm-hmm. enough for him. You either can have – all notifications for an app or no notifications for an app at the moment. And that made him feel like he was missing out on more conversation both around him and on his phone than ever before. Yeah. Which seeing it in action, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of something I, I had wanted before it came out. And now I'm like, ugh. I, I, <laughs> I don't, did I you watch the video or did you read I it? I did, yeah. Okay, so I, I didn't watch the video. I read it. And I, I don't know. Like, he, he ultimately ended up giving it a seven. But it was mm. – he had some serious complaints. And, Christina, you were going to say something? Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely did. It's interesting, though, because uh, Lance Ulanoff, who reviewed it for Mashable, he talked to Nile, uh, to Nilei, sorry, um, Nilei at The Verge, um, I guess, when they were both picking up their watches and whatnot. And, and, and Nile seemed, like, really negative and really, like, just was not all about the watch, Lance said. And then he he almost came around, you know. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, Farhad's review for The New York Times was sort of the same way. He said, yeah. you know, it took him three days, he but then he came it. to love it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, ultimately I think the review is more positive than Neelay maybe intended it for it to be. Um, although he still definitely has complaints and definitely still sees it as a 1.0 product. And I think that's valid. And I have to, you know, say I haven't used it much at all. You know, Lance did our review for us and I thought that his review, Mm -hmm. I really appreciated it because he has been using a pebble steel for the last year. And, um, he's also a watch person. So, you know, I thought that his perspective was, was good from that uh, point of view, but yeah, I mean, definitely there are things that they can improve. I think notifications are going to be a big one. I think that's where honestly, I'm looking forward to apps like workflow and, and, you know, launch Mm -hmm. center pro and, and some of these other more advanced apps that are probably going to come up with a way, you know, if this and that to kind of make sure you can get your notifications the way you want it. Um, it sucks yeah. that maybe that you'll have to have, you know, 
hack arounds to kind of get that granular experience. But if we're honest, that's kind of the experience of notifications now in iOS anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I, I do think it's, it's telling that I, I mean, I get notifications all day, every day, like everyone always wants my attention. And, you know, I, I do wonder since that was kind of a universal complaint from reviewers, if, that's kind of an edge case. I mean, I wonder if like normal people have that much stuff sent at them all the time. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Because I think that, that especially people who are in the press who are constantly getting emails and are constantly being kind of pulled are, 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 are in a different breed than kind of the average person mm-hmm. who, you know, it's kind of one of those things where a lot of times you see this with, um, with phone manufacturers like Samsung or HTC. Like they think like, oh, it'll be great for us to put, you know, your social feeds front and center in a widget on your phone, not realizing (laughs) that if you're somebody who has a really big social media presence, that's going to disrupt everything, you know, like, like if Brie, mm-hmm. you know, or I, or, or any of us, you know, had like our, our, our Twitter mentions every time somebody <laughs> mentioned us or did something coming up no, on our phones. No, 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 It's crazy. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it, it, it's not tenable, but for the average person who's maybe only following a handful of, who's only following 50 or 60 people and, and not getting tons of notifications all the time, that might be useful. Yeah, no. I, I wonder how we're more. defining average person in this case, because I, I guess my assumption about the Apple Watch would be that not the ne- the average person, as I picture them, wouldn't necessarily be affording it, which would make these notifications even more problematic. I mean, I see this being a, something that very tech savvy, very wired in people will be purchasing, hmm. which means they'll have the same problem that we're ha- or that. I'm not uh, going to have it because I'm not getting one. But yeah, yeah, I what don't do know. Think? I don't know. I, I think that. A, I don't think wired in necessarily always means tons of notifications. I think it totally depends on what business mm-hmm. you're in. Yeah. And I think a lot of business people might have like separate phones or have separate accounts. And, and this is not something you would maybe hook up if you're oh, like a Goldman fair. Sachs, yeah. like have your, your work email attached to you, right? Like this would be your personal yeah. sort of thing. And I think the second thing is that Apple is really marketing this as jewelry. We've talked about this. They're marketing Mm -hmm. it as jewelry and as a watch as much as they are as a gadget. And so, yes, it's for Mm -hmm. early adopters, and that's a big part of this. But I think that the mass appeal of this, especially the way they're selling this, is really this is as much, you know, a watch as it is anything else. And so, you know, especially at some of the high-end boutiques where you're going to be able to buy it at at some stores in in London and Paris and Los Angeles and, and places like that, you know, they're really selling it like you would sell another watch. And so from those pers- from that perspective, if you've got the money, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that you're true. always getting stuff. So I, I feel like it's hard to know. I do feel like the notification thing is something they're going to have to improve. Yeah. And the good news with yeah. that is that that's really something they can do with iOS. And maybe iOS 9 will have better controls for those things and have even better integration for that stuff. At least that's my hope. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I, I already have like my email set up to favorites and maybe if there's like a, a curated list, like you guys would be on my list of people I'd actually want <laughs> notifications from. Uh, most people wouldn't, you know? So yeah, and right. like with Twitter, there's just no way, like my wrist would vibrate until my bone shattered in, <laughs> in half and then I had to nice get a hook massage. for hand. Right, yeah. Um I don't know. I thought I thought that was really disturbing. There were the thing that I read this week that disturbed me more than anything else was from uh, Josh Topolsky's review, where he was talking about being um, like mid sentence in meeting and his wrist goes off. It's one thing to feel your iPhone buzzing, but this being attached to your body, it made 
him completely lose his train of thought. And like, you know, we're all professionals here. And I, I was just imagining myself in like a really important meeting or giving a talk or do you know what I mean? Like something that really yeah. requires you to be present and like getting distracted. And yeah, you know, the Verge review uh, had this as well, where he was talking about being out to dinner with someone and he kept getting uh, distracted and staring at mm-hmm. his wrist. Um, they actually reenacted that in the video. Review. Oh, really? It was, yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really <laughs> yeah. worries me. That really worries me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a balance. I mean, with the Pebble, you kind of have the same thing. The Pebble has kind of a sleep mode where you can turn it off and basically turn off all notifications. I think, I hope that the Apple Watch has that too, kind of the same way they have on the phone. I'm assuming they do. Um, And I think that would be useful where maybe only if it's emergencies, you know, kind of the the do not disturb mode on the Mm -hmm. iPhone. If they have that on the watch, I think that could be really um, yeah. you know, useful for those scenarios where you really have to be present. And then you can still lift it up to your face if you need to see things, but it's turning the vibrations off. Hmm. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think that these are all valid concerns, but I think the big test for this, and, and a lot of this is, is only going to be borne out once it gets in people's hands, is, you know, they can, I think that they, we have to, I mean, we're all going into this understanding it's a 1.0 product and, and that they can make adjustments and that the next versions are obviously going to be thinner and better mm-hmm. and, and everything else. But I think that, um, once people are actually using it and, and, and it people, not just Apple employees and, and early reviewers, they're really going to have an opportunity to adjust things. And Apple's been pretty good about mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Yeah. I think that I, I don't think the first version is going to be perfect. I don't think the first version is going to be everything, but I do feel like everything that I've seen of it and everything I've read still shows that this is closer to our ideal of, of what we want a wearable to be certainly than Android wear. Um, and it, and it's mm-hmm. you know a little more refined than Pebble. I mean, I think Pebble's got done the best job so far, but I feel like you know it's definitely better than Android Wear. It's more refined than Pebble, and with the developer ecosystem, that's the really exciting thing to me is we're finally going to start to see people you know maybe building really unique experiences, um, mm-hmm. which will make it even more useful. Yeah, that was definitely the impression that I got overall as well. I'm wondering at what point, I mean, with all the backwards, at what point it will reach enough saturation for people to really start digging into what it can do and for Apple to maybe push some updates based on user feedback. What do you guys think? I mean, I mean, I many... know I can't wait to get it and start experimenting with <laughs> yeah. developing with it. I mean, uh, yeah. something I've been thinking, like I'm probably gonna make my Mac life a column about that this week. Uh I think there's a lot of potential for games. I think it's kind of like Oculus that I'm not really going to understand it until I experience it. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like I can, I can think about it theoretically, but until I get more of a sense of it. Um, So I'm, I'm really interested in taking a part and figuring out watch kit for it. Um, I I don't know. Um, I, I think, for those of us that are kind of familiar with an Apple Watch at this point, it's it's kind of the device I expected it to be. Um, after I read this review, mm-hmm. I went up in the attic and you know dug out my old original iPhone, and you know just like seeing seeing you know you know iOS one. I mean, it looks so primitive at this point, and it's so slow. <laughs> and it's really astonishing if if you if you look at it. And it didn't have copy and paste. Yeah. Right. It didn't have copy exactly. and paste for, for, for oh two my. years. That's yeah. right. We didn't get That's copy right. and paste until iOS three. I remember I mean, that. Yeah. I remember that. So I don't know. I think there's there's a, a trajectory. Like it's the same thing with the iPad. I mean, I remember the first gen iPad. The bezel mm-hmm. on it was super thick. Uh, you know, it was 
slow. Um, the screen looked like garbage because the iPhone 4 was out at the same time. And it hurt <laughs> to look at. It felt blurry. Oh, God. But it was still a cool device. Like, I remember reading mm-hmm. comics on it. I remember Christina embarrassing me all over the world by reading about me sneaking <laughs> into Yankee Stadium. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it, it's, I feel like going mm. into this product, you know, I spent like what? 550 on it like with apple care and the the loop and all that and i i I did that because you know i think the next one is going to be the one to say okay this is a device i can keep for a few years Mm -hmm. does does that make sense like i i'm expecting it to be a 1.0 product you want to get a head start on that and get to know it and then i may want to develop for it exactly exactly. so you know it's it's professional literacy what we really have to talk about is the the emoji that they have the strange <laughs> really the the weird heart that bursts into shards and then grows wings I, um, the smiley face with the tongue i think that's what we should be talking about you want, I you want to talk about here. that no i, I can't I, I, <laughs> Really, though, I'm looking forward to that whole heartbeats like way of like, you know, sending messages to people. I wrote as soon as Apple had actually announced that at the first Apple Watch event, I was like, this is going to be the new sexting. And it totally is. You know, the people who have there's going to be like Apple Watch, like, you know, user groups, sorts of things where people exchange, I guess, like iMessage names or whatnot so that they can send each other, you know, drawings and and sex and and, and vibrations and their heartbeats based on on their watch. Oh, my God. I I look forward to the future. It's gonna get creepy. It's, it's gonna the get future creepy, is coming, Simone. Yes. Oh my God, you guys! I'm married, so I can't use Tinder or anything. But like, can you even imagine? Tinder is totally gonna have a watch app. Oh my God, mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought of that. That would be really cool. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> to- oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Those would be the most obnoxious push notifications in the entire world. Can I just plug? Like, no, uh, my friend Gita's, Swipe uh, She did a playful review of Tinder as a game. <laughs> <laughs> she reviewed that perfectly. It was so awesome. That's amazing. Check that out. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember where I saw it. It was that on Offworld? On Twitter feed. So yeah, yeah. No. Um, awesome. I don't know. I guess. I, I think the other thing that amazed me about the reviews is, you know, watching, watching the Apple promo videos, I was like, ooh, that UI really looks difficult to navigate. And I, I was like, but I'm going to give Apple the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. They tend to do, you know, good UI. And, yeah, it seems like all the reviews have really universally said you kind of have to be a techie already to to really understand and use this. Was, I was, was that, curious yeah, about that yeah, from just yeah. looking at the, the screen that has all the apps on it uh, represented <laughs> as little circles and you scroll through them. It looks really cool, but it it feels to me that it's so it looks less organized, I guess, than my the apps on my um, phone screen. And I, I don't. I'm sure I would get used to like the location of each little bubble and be able to find it. But it, f- from an intuitive standpoint, it just seems so different from the the phone. And they said that the um, the way that you access notifications and everything, it's very very different from the phone. There's not a lot of UI similarity there. So. I don't I don't know. Do you think is that influenced purely by the design of the watch or I don't know. Um, I think it's yeah. a different interface paradigm. I mean Christina, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a different paradigm. You know, the the crown, the digital crown that's on the side, you know, you turn that and it can act mm-hmm. to zoom things in in certain apps and then in when you're in kind of app bubbles, you know, it kind of lets you go to the various 
um, apps and, and, and you can kind of find the icons and then kind of press in where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different paradigm. But one of the things I think that will be interesting to see if they do or not, and you know, they, a report came out from Reuters today that shows that they've already spent more money um, or almost as much money just in the last couple of months promoting the Apple Watch as they spent on the entire iPhone 6 and 6 Plus campaign. Wow. Um, oh. And and that's that makes sense, right? Because it's a brand new product category and they need yeah. to, 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 to introduce it to people. But it got me thinking about the original iPhone. And the original iPhone, I think one of the reasons it works so well was they had these ads that taught you how to use it. You know, that taught hmm. you how to use pinch to zoom, that taught you how to use the camera, that taught you how to use other stuff. And then when the apps mm-hmm. came out, you know, they sh- they taught you what the apps could be used for. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they start to take an approach where maybe they start to show you how to do things with the digital crown and, and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, start to introduce with how those paradigms work. Because I feel like with the iPhone, everybody knew how to use it as soon as they got it because mm-hmm. those ads are everywhere and we all kind of had that sense um, yeah, but I, yeah, you know, I mean that that's going to be a challenge, right? Is that it is a different paradigm and mm-hmm. how different it is from what we're used to, you know, that that could be a good or a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, this is a very different sort of product for them and this is a big risk and I don't think it's, it's a foregone conclusion that it's a huge hit. I mean, obviously it's sold mm-hmm. out early, but that's, that's because it's Apple, but I do feel like, you know, um, there's a ton of potential here. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously I, I optimistic. Am too. I'm I am too. quite optimistic. Yeah. But I think well, I'm not. Uh, I, you know, what I are am, your What are your worries? Well, Bri, tell I, us your worries. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of the Apple faithful. And, you know, like people, Christina, you and I are going to get this, right? Like right. if Apple puts it out, we are a foregone conclusion. And so is, totally. mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the, the Mac crowd. Um, I think the interface issue can really not be overestimated. And and I say Agreed. that as a professional that has sat in on a lot of playtesting sessions. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want to be really clear before I say this, because I don't want this to sound condescending or like mean-spirited, but normal people, you cannot underestimate how much they don't know. And, and I say that with love and, and, and concern. Um, like when we were testing the Rev60 combat engine, we had people that didn't know what health bars were at the top. And, you know, so I think one of the reason the iPhone was a success is because it reached people that were utterly not techies. And mm. I, I think that... I think pinch to zoom, Christina, to kind of address your point, I think that is something you can show in a video and it's very intuitive. And it's like, I remember later, like somebody handing me a Blackberry and just instinctively I tried to pinch to zoom on the screen or something like that. (laughs) Um, With the Apple Watch, you know, from studying the videos and trying to figure out the interface paradigm, it just seems intuitively much more complex. And... Mm -hmm. Unless they redo the entire paradigm, I honestly don't know how you alter that to get it to work for the masses. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. Um, 
I think that it's also maybe one of those things that's going to be, I mean, I think that's part of kind of the strategy of how Apple is selling this, where they're wanting to give people the setup time. You know, they're saying when you buy this, whether you buy it online or eventually once you can buy it in the store, you know, you can come in and get it fitted and you can get your whole setup session. And I think that that's part of kind of the handholding process they're going to go through because it might actually take more than watching a video or an ad. It might take spending a few minutes to do it. And there are very few companies where people will be willing to do that. But with an Apple product, people will be willing to go that extra step. And because they own their kind of, you know, retail chain, they can do that. Whereas you maybe can't do that, you know, if it was being sold like in AT&T stores or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible? I mean, this is more speculation because I haven't used it. But I mean, like the, the center screen on it where it's like one app. Right, like, I mean, sorry, it's one circle and you have a bunch of apps, like, around it. Um, Mm -hmm. I intuitively don't know how you navigate that. I mean, I guess you can scroll through it with with the crown, but it just seems like from the ground up, there are some interface choices that feel very confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, once you use it, it does make more sense. And that's the one good thing that they've already got the Apple Store set up that even if you, you know, aren't going through and trying it on, they've got these demo stations set up where they've got the watch and they have um, an iPad actually connected to it that kind of mimics the screen. And so you are playing with the interface and you can see the watch, but then it also wow. makes the screen bigger. Um, so uh, so the iPad basically is almost mirroring the screen and showing you additional features and it's really walking you through the process. So in the Apple Store itself, they're doing a ton of education and I think that's going to go along. Way. No, that's really um, smart. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, that honestly, it's going to be one of those things. You watch it, you feel it, you see it, and then you kind of get the get the sense of it. And so I think that that is going to mitigate a lot of those issues for people. Hmm. Um, that being said, I don't think it's going to be as easy to pick up as like you know the iPhone was or the iPad. But um, I don't think it necessarily has to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people will still purchase and use it even without knowing maybe its full capability until they warm up to it. I think that the desire to have it is enough that, I mean, it's it's too bad. I wish it were a little more intuitive. I Actually, I want to get my hands on it before I say that. Um, it looks very complex, and I think that's really interesting. I like that the screen has forced touch. I think that's super cool. And the crown looks very um, flexible in its uses, and I would like to get my hands on it. And I think that people will want to do that and want to play with it even if they won't be able to understand its full capabilities until maybe a f- after it, using it for a few days or so hmm. well that i sense yeah yeah i i think this, since we're 40 minutes in and you brought up uh forced touch oh, yeah. can we can, can we kind of suddenly <laughs> shift over to christina's macbook review because we can that is one of my we, biggest questions about yes go ahead can Sorry. we talk about yeah. one password first and how they're awesome can. and how they are sponsoring this episode of rocket Love uh this episode Woo-hoo. of rocket is brought to you by one password yes. from agile bits and you guys love one password uh it, yeah. oh my I don't god know what it is. oh my I god live and die by it yes I live and die by it yes that is freaking awesome so one password is a software that basically stores all your passwords because you know we all we have membership to many many sites these days many many things we all have many many passwords and bad things can happen to those passwords um they often get compromised stolen but with one password, you get to store your passwords in an encrypted file on your device. It can sync via Dropbox, 
iCloud or um, Wi-Fi, and it keeps those passwords safe for you, and you have one master password so that you can access your passwords. This is something that I deeply, deeply need. Uh, I won't tell you where I keep my passwords, but it is a place where they should not be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't use one password? I am about to. Okay, Let I'm, me tell you. I, I'm really not joking. And I'm, I'm saying this in all seriousness. A, a part of keeping yourself safe in mm-hmm. the modern world is yep. using one password. And I'm not saying that to like scare anybody, but is a, a, a reality. And mm-hmm. if you spend any time understanding how people like uh, like crack hashes and like get passwords or sell and trade password lists around, it will scare you. And yes. you know the truth is these smaller databases are out there. Large databases are out there. And the only if you want to keep yourself safe in the modern world, you need randomized passwords on every site. And you need two-factor authentication turned on and whatever you can. I mean, Christina, mm-hmm. back me up. Am I right? Yes, oh, you're yeah, dead on. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, you know, this this week is the one-year anniversary of Heartbleed, and you know that was <laughs> that, that which which was a big you know um, kind of moment last year. It was a big security flaw that had kind of been hiding in plain sight for a long time, and because it affected so many sites that, that used OpenSSL, you had to change a ton of passwords because those companies, some of them were fast to patch it, and some of them weren't. And one password actually even created a tool at the time called kind of this digital watchtower where it basically, you know, let you know, was this site patched for Heartbleed or not? And did you need to change your password on that site? Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you're using, you know, the idea is, of course, you use a unique password for each website. Not everybody does that, but it's much easier if you have an app like 1Password that can automatically create it for you every time you go to go to a new site. It yeah. saves it um, on your Mac. Um, it also works on Windows. It can save it on your device. They've got an Android app. They have a Windows um, phone app. Um, Windows phone app's a little more limited. The Android app's really good. Um, and then two-factor authentication, as Bree said, is really important. And one of my favorite new features of 1Password, it just came to the Mac version, it's been in the iOS version for a little while, is that it will use those one-time use passwords, you know, from like Google Authenticator or whatnot. It can actually store those in the 1Password vault. So you can use that as a way to quickly get those um, two-factor codes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. which has been my, my, my biggest thing. I've, I've been begging for them to add kind of a two-factor app to 1Password for years. And it's not like a full two-factor um, app like Authy, but um, those code-generated things are there and you can pull it up um, from one, within iOS 8 or within um, the Mac app. And I, I mean, and I'm saying this as completely, uh, you know, separate from them even sponsoring us, and we definitely appreciate that. But for me personally, I've been living and dying by 1Password for almost eight years, and without it, I mean, I don't even know, because I don't know the passwords to, you know, a lot of really important accounts. I have no idea yeah. what they are. Yeah. They're all yeah. on 1Password, yeah. well, and, and that's huge, because I shouldn't know what they are. They're unique. They're, you know, they're, they're well-hashed. And um, I don't have to worry about, you know, my stuff getting hacked. Whenever I I write about security stories all the time, it's always another reminder to use unique passwords for all Mm -hmm. of your accounts. Use, you know, two-factor authentication on anything that matters and and make sure that you're you're not you know using the same password over and over again and the only way to do that is with a password manager absolutely and yeah one password's the best um yeah. i i have to say this and this is a true story about one password and how it saved my butt um so you know christine when we met over on app.net i i was certainly established in my field but wasn't as well known and i kind of 
you know, I, I did find myself more and more, do you know what I mean? Like gaining, just knowing that I was eventually going to be a target for this kind of stuff. So when mm-hmm. I bought my 13 inch, uh, I'm sorry, my uh, 2013 Retina MacBook Pro, I bought it and I said, I'm going to get one password with this new machine. And as I reinstall all my apps on here, just from now on, every single time I do a password, I'm going to randomize it and start that account over. And then when I found myself targeted by Gamergate this year, um, you know, they went after every one of my company's accounts. I had conversations with Apple about them trying to hack our dev account repeatedly. And, you know, um, they actually managed to get some of my old stuff, like things I had not used in a long time back when I would use the same password over and over again, because that is out there in the wild. If I had not used one password to keep my iTunes safe, they could have gone through and changed the bank account information and gotten all the revenue for that month or changed Mm -hmm. tax information or gotten all kinds of private information out there. So I, I really mean this. If I had not had one password and taken the time to do that before I was in the crosshairs, I would be effed right now. So yeah. um, it's it's a really important product. This is definitely exactly what I have needed. I Like I said, security is super daunting to me. I do my best to stay safe, but I know that if something like that were to happen to me, I would be screwed. So this, I'm, I'm really happy to have heard about it i am going to use it and if you are if you don't have it yet um you can go to agilebits.com slash one password to learn about it and um it's also in the app store so thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of rocket and for saving all of our butts <laughs> in the past and probably in the future yeah <laughs> stutter over everything that's there. like the scariest promotion we've yeah given, right? <laughs> we didn't mean to like intimidate everyone into getting one password but i mean it that's this is reality. reality this is welcome to the real is, world this is 2015 so i'm not if i sang that app it would be like an opera i would have with like dark organ music in the background so that's not gonna happen this week (laughs) i'm into it i'm into it i'll practice then all right right. right. so that whole macbook thing christina i've got so many questions (laughs) (laughs) oh your review was incredible i love the picture of you with with the gold macbook and you looked so pleased with yourself i was so happy i just flipped off the photographer he was yelling at me because apparently i was talking he was like warren stop talking and so i flicked him (laughs) off and then i was smiling and everybody else in this photo, so we'll, we'll, we'll put the link in our show notes, but um, everyone mm-hmm. else, uh, they, they did a really nice job with, with the review, too. The photos are amazing, and the whole thing looks really good. It's but, so um, beautiful. Everybody else is just kind of staring, and, and I've got this big smile on my face. And <laughs> it, it, it was actually fitting. It wasn't planned that I was the only one smiling, because I had no idea what the rest of us looked like. It just happened to come out that way. But yeah, yeah. no, so, so so the new MacBook uh, is out, and actually, if you want a gold one, it's already backordered a month. Um <laughs> Uh, speaking of backorders, it's kind of amazing. But no, um, this is this is a product that a lot of people have been really excited for because it's kind of it's very close to being kind of the Retina MacBook Air. You know, it's called the MacBook, but it is um, very similar to what the original MacBook Air was when that was released in two thousand eight. And that means mm-hmm. that there are some compromises and there are some things that will prevent it from being a lot of people's full time machine. But um, it is making no a mistake. This is the future of laptops. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it is absolutely the future of laptops. And within five years, 
every laptop we see is going to be made in the image of of this device. It is so thin. It is mm-hmm. so light. It is so beautiful. Um, the screen is fantastic. Um, yes, it only has one port, you know, USB-C, and that's kind of a pain um, for the present. But, you know, there were some other reviewers who were a lot more upset about that than I was. I kind of took the attitude of, you know, I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that for a lot of people who aren't, you know, people like me or maybe like us who are, you know, tethered to our computer all the time and are doing a lot of high-end things, mm-hmm. where we need to always be plugged into multiple hard drives and monitors and other stuff, where a lot of people go, you know what, actually, I don't plug in USB sticks that often. And I yeah. don't, um, you know, I access most of my files wirelessly. And maybe I do use an external monitor, but I don't do it all the time. So maybe one, you know, getting one of the one of the dongle adapters will be enough. Um it you guys ask me questions about it cuz i could talk about okay, it um, I have, at length well i think the most important question is is gold best best best, best. <laughs> is is gold best absolutely and it's beautiful <laughs> okay. uh, i have to say everybody who saw this thing was like it looks like a sunset it looks beautiful and even people who didn't think they wanted the gold would look at it and go ooh you know, because uh, it, it's that champagne-colored gold that, that oh, is on God. the iPhone, and and so it's just gorgeous. And the keys are backlit, and they're they've got individual LEDs under each key. So when you open it up, the effect, especially with the gold, is just really fantastic. And see the keys light up, um, especially with how thin they are. Um, you know, there, there's very little travel between the keyboard and the keys, the, the keys and the frame of the keyboard. Um, because it's so thin and so it just they look they look illuminated and just you know but they're almost flush with uh the the bottom of of the machine so it's just it's this really beautiful effect well that's one of the things that worried me from your your review like you were talking about the keys being smaller and getting used to it and and i can't the keys are bigger. larger they're, they're, bigger. they're bigger they're bigger they're oh, 17 they? bigger wait the they're standard fe- keyboard Yes. Okay. Then they are less raised than the regular. Yeah. Yeah. There's less travel. So it's much closer to the ground. But the keys are actually bigger bigger than they are on my. They're 17% bigger. On my Retina MacBook right now? Yes. Huh. Yes. They're 17% bigger. That was what took me time to get used to because I I was off by about a key. Yeah. No, no. That was what got me. That's what took me time to get used to. I'm a touch typist and I type, you know, 130, Mm -hmm. 35 words a minute. Um, And. Um, that was the hard thing because I was off by about a key for a couple of hours. I got used to it. And then I got mm-hmm. to the point I could actually switch between the two fairly easily. Um, but no, the keys are actually bigger. Um, it's just the travel. The travel. Is that's what worries me. And you're talking about your wrists hurting a little bit. They with did it. a little bit. They did a little bit. Um, I mean, you know. Is that just think, because there was less resistance or? Well, right, because there's less travel. And so it felt like, you know, at certain points I was like, oh, you know, my wrists are kind of, you know, I can kind of, because I was clacking really hard. I think I could have gotten, I think, you know, if, if it was my primary machine, I think I would get used mm-hmm. to it more. Um, I mean, it's, I got to the point I liked the keyboard. Um, I don't, I mean, maybe I would still probably personally prefer uh, the original keyboard because that's just what mm-hmm. I've been using for so many years. So it's honestly hard for me to even compare a keyboard yeah. I've been using for for a decade versus one that I used for a week. You know, it, it's it's hard yeah. to compare. But yeah, my wrist did hurt a little bit. Um, but hmm. um, so on, I, mean, I don't know okay. from my uh, standpoint. Like if you were literally yeah. coding all day, I don't know if be, I don't know if this would be the ideal ideal machine for that. For some people, I think it might be. For for some others, it might not. Um, I think it would take some time. But for the the person this is aimed at. I think it'll be just fine. 
Well, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of other software engineers really prefer mechanical keyboards. Uh, I I yes. tried that mm-hmm. a while back, and yeah, I remember getting used to like. Uh, you remember when when um, Apple really switched over to this low profile design? Like they got rid of the really yes. thick keyboards. Yeah, I remember it, it it adjusted, and I just I find scissor. I'm sorry, mechanical switch keyboards at this point. I I can't use them. Um, right. So I I feel like I could adapt to this but i also think you know not talking about force touch here but haptic feedback as you type is so critical it's why you know i have the iphone yes. 6 plus because i find it really hard to type without haptic feedback and this is the first iphone that i really can get speed going with it um right. i don't know is it well, is it, it acceptable i mean do you think yes. you can truly grow There's- to love it Yes, there's absolutely a click. That's the thing. Even though the travel is very low, um, it's absolutely there. And you still get that satisfying click because it still is an act, you know, they're, they're using a butterfly mechanism rather than a scissor mechanism, but it's still absolutely still pressing down on something. And you still kind of get that satisfying tapping motion. There's just less travel. And if you like the lower profile keyboards, you know, then that's going to be something that I think you, you would maybe get used to more than other people. You need to exert less effort. I think the reason, honestly, my wrist hurt is I'm so used to exerting more pressure on the keys um okay but uh but but no i mean you could you you still absolutely you're you're pressing buttons so it's not like typing on glass Hmm. you know it it, it, it's not um you know it kind of you know because it's so low profile profile you know it would be easy to say oh it's like typing on an ipad keyboard no it's not at all um and it's a better experience i would say than the microsoft you know touch covers or or their little keyboards they've got for the surface it's a significantly better experience than that i liked it better than a lot of the zag keyboards and other things for the ipad you know it's hard to describe um without kind of um without you have trying it out but it 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 still feels very much and as a writer you know that's i need mm-hmm. that that tactile sense yeah. like you're saying Brie, i need that tactile sense i absolutely got that hmm. is this going to become your primary machine then um or no not no, for your, what you have to do for for what i have to do no because i have to do too much stuff in photoshop and some audio editing yeah. and video editing it's just not powerful enough um mm-hmm. unfortunately here's what i would say though If you're somebody who's primarily doing mostly text-based stuff, office things, you're not doing tons of multimedia, you can do some photo stuff on it and it's fine. It's just, um, you know, the performance was about the equivalent of a 2012 MacBook Air. And that was what I use as my main machine at work for two and a half years. Um, Mm -hmm. But that, you know, came to kind of get to the point where that was a little slow for me. And I I got a newer MacBook Air and that works better. And at home, um, I use a MacBook Pro. Um, but if like, let's say you have like maybe a 15 inch MacBook pro and, or, or, or one of the new iMacs and you're looking for kind of a secondary machine and you want something that's going to be very similar to your iPad, but you've got OS 10 on it and you can do all your full fledged things. This is one of those machines. If you're a student, if you're somebody who's really looking Mm -hmm. for something that's lightweight and, and, um, super portable, super thin, this is great. Um, it's not designed for for professionals. You know, that's not who they're going after. They're going after people who really want the most portable laptop they can get. Think frequent Mm -hmm. business travelers. Think people who are on the go all the time. I mean, it's really hard to explain just how small this thing is. You know, in my review, we have photos of it side to side with the 13-inch MacBook Air, which, you know, is the the standard laptop. Stunning. Didn't you say it has it has a smaller footprint than the 11 inch? It does. Crazy. It's a smaller That's footprint. insane to me. 
smaller footprint than the 11 inch, but a bigger screen. And actually, you know, it turns oh, out a bigger oh, keyboard. Oh. And and it's because they've kind of got the edge to edge glass. I mean, the whole thing, um, I talked to Apple and they told me, you know, that the entire size of the screen, everything was informed by the size of the keyboard. They started with the keyboard and built mm-hmm. everything around it. And it just, it's a really great laptop. Um, it's not perfect. There are trade-offs. USB-C definitely has some trade-offs for now. You know, if you're somebody who, again, this is why I would have a hard time with it. I usually mm-hmm. end up having a bunch of things plugged in because of my work. I've got to plug in a bunch of phones. I've got to plug in external drives. I've got to, you know, sometimes go to multiple monitors. Um, that's not ideal for me. But this is mm-hmm. machine wasn't meant for me. You know, this machine is really meant for the the, the frequent, you know, this is kind of like... You know, it is exactly like what the MacBook Air was, you know, five, six, seven years ago. And um, it will be the future. And next future iterations, I'm sure, will be redesigned. So they'll have more ports and they'll get faster and, and the Intel M processors will get better. But, I mean, there, there's no fan on this thing. It's totally silent. Um, so awesome. Which is amazing. You know, I mean, for me, it was one of those things. A few times I put this in my review, I had to check my bag and make sure I had it <laughs> because it only weighs two pounds and – you know, like, it, I mean, it's so tiny. Uh, it's so tiny. Um, my mom. Were you afraid of just sitting on it and snapping it or something? No. Well, that's the thing. Even though it's tiny, it feels quality. And that's why I'm okay with the price. Some that's people awesome. have kind of made a big issue of the price. They know it's too expensive. For me, what? no. It feels like it's no. priced right. No. It, 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 it's a MacBook. I didn't machine. expect it's, any less. <laughs> Precisely. And, and it's a high-end machine. It's really well done. I mean, the unibody construction is now completely aluminum all the way around, um, even the seam. You know, I mean, it's lightweight, but it's sturdy. And, you know, it's literally one of those things when you can hold something by the tips of your fingers and just kind of wave it up and down. Oh my you know, it, it's unreal that you've got a full computer that is basically the size of an iPad um, and isn't mm-hmm. much. I mean, it's thinner than the original iPad. We were comparing. We did a Vine, um, uh, Lance, Lance Ulanoff and I, where we compared <laughs> the original iPad with this thing. And granted, you know, the, the footprint, you know, it's a little bit wider, um, a little bit longer, but it, it's so much thinner and it only weighs half a pound more than the original iPad. That's um, amazing. And it's a full computer. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it feels smaller. It's, it's an awesome machine. Um, I, I it's can't not wait for to everybody. see one. Yeah. I love the idea that it's designed around the keyboard and around the size of the keyboard because I, I feel like we've been trending more towards screens and how we use screens, but the idea that this is a machine that's just focused on what you can do with the keyboard, what you're going to be typing, um, a writing machine, something like that. I I love that they focused on really improving that experience or re-innovating that experience. Re-innovating, that's not a word. (laughs) Innovating that experience. I really want to try using, uh, I'm going to go down to the Mac store. I swear to God this weekend, since my car is okay, I'm going to the Mac store and I'm going to play with one of these. I was also curious about the, um, you said that the the trackpad, the Force Touch trackpad, it felt like clicking a button when you... It's the, it's, it's, it's the biggest mind frack in the entire world because I need to I mean, experience this. It's amazing. So there's actually no physical button. So you know, on a regular Mac trackpad, you know, there there, there there's a button mechanism and it can kind of wobble on the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no button. I mean, it, they've got sensors underneath. They've got like four of them set up, but there's actually no clicking mechanism. So when it's off and you press down, you're not feeling anything. But when it's on it feels like you're clicking. And if you press in a little bit harder because it, it's it's pressure sensitive, you can um, engage with these extra features. So for instance, if you select a word or a, if you select a link, for instance, and press down all the way, it'll show you a preview of the website. 
Hmm. which is really cool. Wow. Order, yeah. That like, like awesome. it opens up in Safari, shows you a full thumbnail of everything moving. If it's got animated things, it shows you exactly what you're going to look at before you open it. So that's cool. So this is, this a- is where I have the most questions for you. Yes. This is, I, I truly, so I understand it in theory in, in the Mac, in the MacBook. Um, but you know, the Apple watch reviews Like Gruber was talking about how, <laughs> you know, he felt without, force touch that the apple watch just wouldn't work and i I don't know if you got a chance to touch or play with the apple watch at the mashable office since you guys also did a review but i i i guess like you're talking about the link example and i get that but i feel like there's some kind of paradigm shift in interfaces here that i need to understand as a professional in this field and and i don't get it because i haven't played with it yet does does that make sense to you it does i mean because it's it's pressure sensitive and um you know it's kind of gesture based and so it is really interesting i think that they're definitely going to bring it to the next phone and it becomes really interesting because you can do these kind of custom actions so for instance selecting on a link and by pressing down harder on it than you would pressing and holding versus you know just tapping um, will bring up a preview. Or if you select a word, pressing and holding will bring up the thesaurus and the dictionary. You can also go to a Wikipedia entry. And if there's a song or a media file name of that name, like uh, in my, in the video we did, um, I, I joked, it was like, <laughs> how many times can you spot Taylor Swift? Because I was like on her YouTube page and looking at the style video, my favorite song off that album. <laughs> and, and, and in selecting the word style, you know, came up with, with the dictionary definition and the Wikipedia thing went to 1989. And then the song <laughs> thing went to her album. Um, because it, 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 it knew instinctively kind of what I was looking at. Um, but they've got a whole API actually, um, for around force touch where developers will be able to do things like quick look, you know, which you typically invoke by pressing the space bar, right. you can invoke by, 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 um, with, with those gestures and the user can kind of, you can choose how, how light or how hard you want force touch to be. So how, how much you're going to have to press down, like what sort of resistance you want, um, and so I have a feeling, you know, apps like one password will be able to do interesting things. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what some other tools do. Um, my friend, Brett Tripster, who I do my podcast overtired with, he's going to go bananas for this and build some amazing things. I know it for some of his markdown services tools and things like that, because mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine with some custom gestures, having really interesting things you can do with the Apple watch. You know, it is kind of one of those things where you're able to kind of press down on the face and, and press down on some of the the apps and get more information again. And what's neat about it is that you're you're pressing down on the face of the watch, but it's and it feels like you're touching something, but you're not actually touching a button, so it's still secure. And it is just a humongous mind track. Cool. Hmm. It's an unbelievable. I mean, it, I've seen some really interesting haptic technology in the past, um, but this is the first time I've seen something like this in practice and in a commercial product. I was at NAB a couple of years ago, and one of the coolest demos I saw was. Basically, you put your hand, you put your eyes kind of in kind of this virtual, you know, like like a you know VR sort of headset thing, and you looked at like what looked like a, a bubble, and then you were putting your hands through um, these gloves and, and holding what felt like you know a pen, 
and you would press the pin forward and look like you're pressing up against a pop the balloon. And I swear to God, it felt exactly like you were pressing up against a real balloon. The harder you went, you know, the feedback, it felt exactly like a balloon, but you pressed harder and harder and you could pop the balloon. And the sensation was exactly the same as if you were popping a balloon. And that was all based on haptic technology and feedback stuff. And so there are amazing things we can do with this. This is just the beginning. Um, I should note Mm -hmm. that the Force Touch trackpad, it is on the new MacBook Air, but it's also on the new 13-inch MacBook Pro. And I fully expect it Mm -hmm. to be on the 15-inch MacBook Pro, which we'll probably see a refresh on as soon as the quad-core Broadwell chips ship, which should be, you know, soon. So that'll probably be June at WWDC. I don't have any official information on that. That's just my educated guess. Right. We're waiting no, on the it, quad core Broadwell chips. And I feel like when they read, when they do that, they're going to give it the, the force touch trackpad the same way. I mean, Apple has waited to debut like, you know, developer machines at WWDC because it's, it's perfectly appropriate mm-hmm. there. I mean, I'm, you know, Christina, we were talking about this. I'm in a, a real bind right now because, um, you know, I when I got my 2013 Retina MacBook Pro, I was amazed with how powerful it is. I have a octa-core MacBook Pro, Mac, uh, I'm sorry, Mac Pro that I use for like a rendering farm. And when I got mm-hmm. it that year, I was really amazed it could churn out renders of like mental racings, um, you know, almost as quick as this octa-core machine. And, you know, it's very, very powerful. We did all of Revolution 60, I I pretty much made the entire game, all the assets, all the programming, all the 3D work on this machine that I can take to any meaning that I want to go to, which is really awesome. But Mm -hmm. as we're moving to Unreal 4, one of the problems I have is the OpenGL stack for OS X is kind of crappy, and it's a really poorly optimized um, experience working with Unreal 4. And as we're moving forward, for me, as the lead developer, I need a very, very powerful machine. And I'm truly not sure if even the most powerful Mac is going to be able to cut it. Um, You know, like importing a spaceship into Unreal 4, like a, a spaceship import that would take like five seconds in Windows takes like 60 seconds on on the Mac, uh, you know, on the OS 10 side, which is just ridiculous. So wow. I, I find myself really going like, you know, because we've got projects where we're trying to get out the door with Unreal 4. And it's like, do I want to you wait and hope that this next machine will be powerful enough or, you know, get something like a Mac Pro or or an iMac. And it sounds like for me to just be educated on, you know, the paradigm that we're going to be moving to in OS 10 and iOS, it sounds like I need this for professional literacy. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot to take in. Sorry. That was a lot yeah. of... <laughs> no, I hope my, that wasn't roommate... too developer I'm sorry. Yeah. It was yeah. all right. No, yeah. my roommate is having similar issues. Uh, his MacBook. He has an, an older MacBook. I, no, I think it's a MacBook Pro. Sorry. Um, And he is looking into getting a new one, but he is also in game dev. He's... And he has to... He's starting to use Unreal and develop things in that, and he's leaning towards getting a desktop, a Windows computer, even though he's never used a Windows computer before. He's always been a Mac person, but um, he just kind of needs that processing power. He needs something that will work with everything, so... Yeah. Hmm. Do I don't you, know, but do you think Christina this would be good for a second computer? I mean, I yes. I I travel all the time and I 
you know, the the position I find myself in is I I really do go through two charges a day on my iPhone six, like right. six wow. plus. Like I use it, <laughs> I, I use it constantly, and um, I don't. I, I think part of that is the official Twitter app and Facebook app are so poorly written that they just kill my battery. But um, you know, like. I find myself, I've gotten very proficient at answering email, IMs, tweets, you know, all that kind of stuff on uh, Skype on my iPhone 6 Plus, which I always carry with me. And I kind of worry if I went back to this paradigm of like having a second travel computer that I just wouldn't get into it like you know the way I did with my original MacBook Air because my iPhone is now larger and more powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely do. I mean, and I think it depends on what you're doing. I mean, I think that, for instance, for the sort of travel that you do, if you didn't have to work on game dev stuff, I mean, certainly being able to do PowerPoint presentations, it's going to yeah. be a better experience on yeah. a full laptop than it is even on, um, you know, an iPad. Because right. I've, I've gone through that myself where I've done presentations on an iPad and it works okay, but there's some sometimes you just, you, you need to see it on a computer and yeah. then you you need to plug it into, frankly, you need to plug it into, you know, a, 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 um, a projector. Yeah. You will have to get a dongle for that for, for, for the new Mac. MacBook. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, you will have to get one of the you know an adapter to connect it to a to a projector. But um, they did they do sell them. Um, but I think that for a secondary machine, I actually think it's perfect. I mean, the way I would kind of describe this: if you had an iMac at home, or like I said, you know, a MacBook Pro, this is like the great on the couch machine. This is like that great secondary machine that you can do for email, for word processing, for web browsing, for light photo work, you know, for presentations. Um, that's going to have amazing battery life and be super, super portable that you're not going to have to worry about. Like this would be, if I traveled a lot and, and, um, and I used to travel more and I don't travel as much as I did, but if I was traveling all the time and I needed like, you know, kind of a, a, a business machine, not as my like full functioning, like, like laptop, you know, like work machine, but just something that I needed to get some work done on, especially on a plane or, you know, in tight spaces, this would be, this would be it just because it's so portable and the battery life is so good. And it's got that retina screen, which is the big advantage of the MacBook Air. Um, not only is it smaller, but it has a better screen. And it's just, it's hard to go back to looking at non-retina screens when you look at retina screens all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's why I stopped using the MacBook Air. Like I had the first gen, second gen, third gen, 2010, and I had 2012. And I got used to that retina screen. I just, I couldn't look at it anymore. It, it, it hurt to look at everything looked mm-hmm. blurry all the time. And I don't know. I got I got really used to, you know, because of my line of work, it's very helpful to you know be able to pop open Unreal and like look at Kismet at an engineering meeting or like evaluate yeah. a model. Um, you know, I was on my way to Chicago. I was getting a lot of, you know, Unreal done on the plane. Um, but so this isn't quite the machine that you're looking for. It's not, for but, this. but as my job function is moving more into you know, business development, um, you know, it's true that that is a big part of my job function, but, mm-hmm. you know, I end up sending emails and communicating all day more than anything. So I don't know. Misery. Yeah. yeah. So the takeaway here is that this is the most high end and most portable of the non, um, professional laptops that we could possibly get 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> every executive, uh, every, every C-suite executive is going to have this thing within a couple, you're going to see everybody have it, you know, yeah, like yeah. A, a, you know, every executive at every company is going to want this as their, like, as their main computer, because yeah, you know, I could that's, definitely what see that. that's what they're kind of doing. And, and, and as I said before, you know, the, to me, the real thing is not so much what this is now, but what it represents for the future, because yeah. they will get mm-hmm. faster. It will get, um, you know, we will get more USB-C stuff. The dongle situation will, will dissipate. They will have more ports on it eventually, you know, more, more, more USB-C plugs. Um, and the same way that every laptop, every laptop has copied the MacBook Air, every laptop is going to copy this. This yeah, is the future. Sure. Yeah. This is period. Yeah. This is the future. Whether whether you're ready for it now or not, you know that's going to be an individual decision. And I'm not certainly saying that everybody should dump their existing computer, and go out and buy this. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is that in a few years' time, you're going to look around and you're going to go, oh, it looks like. And then this <laughs> is the thing that kind of started that revolution. The same yeah, way that yeah. the, the original MacBook Air kind of started the the current trend. Yeah. Um, and it and it's it's great. I mean, well, the wirelessness alone is so important to me for oh, as yeah. a feature thing. Even if I'm not using this particular computer, the idea that that is now something that people are going to work towards is so important to me. Yeah, Sorry, go on, yeah. Christina or Brianna. Uh, Who are I, you people? I, I I wanted to ask one last question. We should probably move on to dessert. Uh, but um, I was going to ask, like, the one thing that troubles me is I have your MagSafe is a technology they came out yep. with to solve a real problem. And, you know, I've certainly stepped on my power cord and MagSafe has saved my butt a lot. <laughs> and it, it feels like a real step. Like I, I appreciate them combining ports, but the fact that it's not MagSafe really troubles me. Um, what, do you have any feeling on that? Yeah, well, I agree with you. It's it's tough because it is nice to have power and display and data all in one port. But at the same time, yeah, I miss MagSafe. I'm hoping maybe, you know, maybe future iterations will do this. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something where they could have kind of a MagSafe type um, adapter, you know, cable. You know what I'm saying? Maybe one that would have that would break off in some way. I don't know. You know, maybe like that- leave it plugged in, but then break off i don't know go on uh, go on the the impression that i'm getting from this is that who are we today anyway the impression that i'm getting from this is that they don't necessarily intend you to be plugged in while you're using it it's so mobile that you're and it only has the one thing so you're going to be carrying it around you're not going to necessarily be plugging it in in all the time getting up and going to get coffee and then coming back and stepping on your cord which has never happened to me no, yeah. absolutely. That's actually a really good point, Simone. Um, this the the idea behind this is that maybe you plug it in, you know, like at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Or if if you're especially having maybe in the middle for a little bit, and it charges really fast. Um, but it's not something that you need to have plugged in all the time. Mm-hmm. That, that, that especially that's especially if you're doing fair. monitor display things like that. Right. Cool. Cool. Why don't we get to dessert? And, well, do our well, next sponsor first. And then, let's yeah, yeah. Talk about how Linda is again sponsoring us because they are wonderful and awesome. Uh, Lynda.com is sponsoring this episode of Rocket. We've talked about it before. It's an online learning platform with tons and tons and tons of courses to strengthen uh, business skills, technology, um, creative skills, et cetera, et cetera. And you can get a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash rocket. 
and you should know how to spell it by now. It's lynda.com slash rocket. And it also, like one password, will save your butt in a professional sense. Because if you need to learn a skill and Im- improve your professional life, this is definitely the place to go. I they oh, I subscribe to their newsletter because they're awesome. And they sent me an email that had all the, the new classes that had come out that week. And it was just so cool to see all these things that I could learn at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And you guys, yeah, you guys love Linda. I, oh, Brianna, I, you were going to have one of your, um, one of the people in your office was going to study some web design on it, weren't they? She's been working on that. Um, another thing is, I, I can't say, uh, I, I won't say who this meeting's with, but um, we mm-hmm. we had a meeting with a, a major, you know, on last week's episode, we were talking about kind of moving on the, the VC scene and you know, working to like get an IP for, you know, a well-known property. And, you know, we, we had several meetings about that this week. And one of the things that we're going to be doing with some of these properties would be, you know, if we get to work is like working with a lot of uh, spaceship design stuff. Uh, a lot of people nice. don't know this, but for Revolution 60, uh, we designed all of our models uh, with a process called NURBS, which is more of a, an AutoCAD type geometry type and converted over to polygonal geometry. Um, what we're going to have to do is completely shift our software over to Maya or Max, uh, wow. you know, as we're going forward. So everyone in my office will be, you know, doing intensive tutorials on Linda <laughs> to like catch up on a new modeling pipeline. Yeah. So, and for us, I mean, one of the the courses that they added is Facebook advertising fundamentals, which I don't know if you've ever tried to advertise on Facebook it's without knowing anything about uh, it. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole foreign language. So yep. Yeah. So. That's something that you can learn on lynda.com um, by watching videos from experts who know what they are talking about. And there you can also browse transcripts. If you don't have time to watch the full video, you can find exactly what you need. Um, and you can create and save playlists of the lessons that you're working on. And um, you can share them with colleagues, team members, et cetera, et cetera, which, of course, I am doing because we all need to know about Facebook. Oh my God, there is a Linda video on working with Facebook APIs. Oh my God, that is really in depth. That is that is the exact problem that I need to solve because like <laughs> we can't advertise Revolution 60 on Facebook because like built into Unreal um, because we're working at the layer of indirection there. I don't like I can't tie their Facebook APIs into it. So maybe I can watch that and figure out how to hack that together. Um, wow, that's yes. really awesome. Yeah, it's really freaking cool. So uh, with the Lynda.com membership, you can get unlimited access to all these hundreds and hundreds of topics for a flat rate. And uh, again, if you want to test out the free trial, 10-day free trial, lynda.com slash rocket to take advantage of this very generous sponsorship that they have given us. Thank you so much, lynda.com. Love them. Thank you, Linda. (laughs) Can you make that noise again? Can you say that again? Never watch my Let's Plays because I can't stop imitating every single Nintendo character ever. You seem like you would be a lot of fun at a party. You do. (laughs) You do. You do. You see like the one girl that would get one drink and then just go crazy all night long. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sense I get from you. I could be wrong. Uh, No, no. You're you're right on the money there. Right on the money. (laughs) Why? It's, I'm a good time. I'm a good time. So 
Speaking of good times, new trailer for Orange is the New Trailer for Orange is the New Black. Good lord. <laughs> it came out. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh my god. I'm so Third excited. Trailer, it, I uh what what's the date that it airs again? I think I, it's June I think it's June twelfth. Okay, this summer is going to be full of awesome ladies for me because Orphan Black is coming back soon. Love Orange is show. the New Black is coming back soon. Oh my god, isn't Orphan Black just I love the freaking show. best? It, it is the best, period. I am I'm furious about it. I I may have ranted about this before, so stop me if you've heard this, but everyone is always telling me, it's the best show ever, Tatiana Maslany's performances. You can't even tell that she's playing multiple characters. Like, I mean, you can tell that she's... Like, you think that they're different people, and it's amazing. And I was like, okay, sure. I'm sure it is. Whatever, guys. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is – no one was lying. No one was exaggerating. This is just how good this show is. It's unbelievable. But that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> well, no. I I have to say this about Orphan Black. That I, yeah. I, was, I was watching – I was reading a really interesting article about that last week, talking about how they felt it was a really interesting show on deconstructing modern femininity because you have, like, mm-hmm. the same genetic person – but reinterpreted through all these different experiences for her life and like seeing the core of the character that's the same, but expressed in all these different ways and like what the social consequences Mm -hmm. are of that. Yeah, I'm like, that's really cool. I've never thought about that before, but I think that's certainly an aspect of why I like it. No, that's really good. I hadn't thought about that. That's really smart. Yeah, yeah, I wish I'd thought of it. And I loved how they handled having a a gay clone and a trans clone as well. I I felt like I'm not trans, so I can't speak to that experience, but it blended in really seamlessly, and they were just like, yeah, this is just another way that this person could be. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, It felt very respectful. I mean, er everything about that show is great. Everything about that show Mm -hmm. is great. So I have to admit, so we were talking about making this our summer show and like watching and talking about it. So I have not seen the trailer because I want to watch the series and understand it, but I will make a commitment to start making my so way ha- through this whole series. You're talking Orange is the New Black now. Yes, I will. Yes, I you, will. Have no- you have watched three episodes of it, you Three said? episodes in. Okay, so you're gonna start, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start you over, okay? And you're gonna go through the mm-hmm. whole thing, okay. and you're just you're, you're you're you and Frank are gonna wind up just like binging it because it's great, um, <laughs> and and eventually Simone and I are going to have an Oz versus Orange is the New Black like showdown, totally and I'm are. gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take Oz and she's gonna take uh, Orange is yep. the New Black, but. Um, I have feelings about this, Christina. <laughs> I, I, I have feelings about this too, Simone. And and look, I, I, they're, they're kind of two parallels to the same coin. My, my my big argument is just that without Oz, there would be no Orange is the New Black. That's that's my that's my mm. core argument. Well, but, obviously, yeah. Um, all right, all right, all right. But, all right. but it's, it's, Simone's like whatever, whatever. But no, um, <laughs> whatever, but, but, but old lady. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. I'm, 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 I'm gonna make you my prison wife. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I look forward to it. I'm gonna make you my prison wife. Just know wife. that yeah. I might poop on your face eventually. Oh my god! Uh, Pull of me oh my god! Okay, if you Pull haven't seen Oz, that's a thing. If you haven't seen Oz, Oz. it does. It is something that happens in Oz. Don't watch uh, Oz. 
do but watch, do watch Oz. Oz. It's do so watch good. Oz. It's amazing. But 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 before you watch Oz, Brie, you really do need to watch Orange Is the New Black because it's okay. a great show. It's got great women, female characters, really diverse, mm-hmm. really good stuff. Um, great representation of of people of color, of of, of um, you know a, a trans woman, of of um, you know gay characters, of straight characters, of of you know characters who are just you know are. I mean, it's it's great. Um, everybody but Jason Biggs is awesome, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but that's okay. You can hate him like all of us do. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. And then the I third season, the, like the it is. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It, yeah. But then the third season premieres on on um, June twelfth. And what we were thinking, and we'd love feedback from the audience. But we were thinking, I mean, like Simone and I are probably going to binge through the whole like early. Mm-hmm. But after Brie gets caught up, I figured we could maybe talk about an episode each week. Yeah, that would be. Super I'm down. Fun. I'm down. I'm down. Let's down make this that. happen. And make it our summer right. show. Make it make, Orange is the New Black will be our summer show. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. I'm super into it. Yeah, yeah. And also make you super sad and aware of the prison system and how awful it is. So it's always while a good time also, with Orange is the New Black. While also being turned on by like the whole like you know Laura Prep on Taylor Swift. She is thing. so gorgeous, by the way. Why yeah. Oh my so God. Hard. Both of okay, them. Okay, but yeah. Jose is so beautiful. And she there was is. that one. There, they did a, a trailer before this, I think, where they were each singing a line and she sang and I died a little bit because <laughs> her voice is so beautiful and she is so beautiful and she's dating one of the writers of the show and one of the writers is, who came out while she was on the show who came out like left her fiance or something husband when she wow. fell in love her husband he left her husband. Oh, she That's realized so she was wonderful. gay. While, she realized she was gay while she was writing the show. Well, so that happy. would be how that we you would discover that. Like yeah. that kind of comes yeah. through in the show's writing, I think. So yeah, critical <laughs> mass of hot lesbians and bisexual women. I shouldn't buy a race. Well, I am a bi. I, 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 I think that I, I think that one of the things that I, I do find a little troubling about this, you know, and I'm also bi, but you know, it's it's. It seems like I think the sexualization of lesbians is a a real problem socially. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm into it. But at the same time, it sometimes feels a little exploitive. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, but this show's not that way. Okay. I mean, like, it, it, it's not. I mean, like, it, granted, the opening kind of sequences of the pilot kind of shows, you know, the, the, the main character, Piper, kind right. of, you know, with her girlfriend and then with, 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 her, with yeah. her boyfriend. But... I mean, you, you maybe you have a different opinion, Simone, but I don't feel like it, it over, overly sexualizes that experience thing at all. I the thing is that at a certain point, I mean, because they're in an all-women's prison, the female relationships become so central and so important to the show mm-hmm. in a way where like, even if they were overtly sexualized, the emotional content of those relationships is so very much in the forefront. And in that way, I think it's just wonderful. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's something as I get a little bit deeper into it, it'll feel differently, but I I don't know. It's, I I think that was what kind of, I I think that's the reason I kind of decided to stop Mm -hmm. watching it, but you know. I think that's fair. There is a kind of attitude because it is one of the very few shows that has relationships between women on it. I I think it, it does, especially in early seasons, it can be a little... I don't want to say lurid, but that's the word that's coming to mind. Yeah. Just partially because we're not used to it and partially because I think that's one of the draws of the show is that it's about women with women. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like the L world, L word to a certain extent. I mean, although it's less sexualized than that, but I, but I feel like both the shows 
it's almost their otherness that makes it um, why we're having this conversation. Because if we were talking yeah. about a typical soap opera that was that was you know completely heteronormative, we wouldn't be talking about it because obviously they're all about sex and they're about relationships and they're about people yeah. together. Yeah. So so part of it I think is just that as Simone said, we're not used to seeing it. So when we do, maybe it feels. You know, to me, it almost feels like the only way to normalize it is to show it uh, the same way you would show any other sort of relationship. No, I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I think there's a there's a wider range of, well, frankly, lesbians that you see on the show. Like, it's not all, you know, yes. lipstick lesbians for porn. Like, it's, you know, like <laughs> no. it's, yeah. it's a much wider range. And I, I think that's cool. I, I guess maybe I'm just a little sensitive to it. But it's also totally. like, um, yeah, that's you know, I, it's so rarely done in a way that feels respectful. Like I thought the Mass Effect, like Simone, have you played Mass Effect? Heck yeah. So like the, the sex scenes with Liara, like I thought I found those to be genuine because it's not like it's shot in a way that's more about the emotion the characters are feeling, mm-hmm. you know, rather than like, lingering over body parts do you know what i mean yeah so i don't know i I, think that i'm trying to it's been a while since i've watched or because i of course i binged the second season and then i i've been just waiting since then i'm trying to remember how i felt about the sex scenes i hope that once you get acquainted with the characters and understand what they're going through emotionally it will become you it will be less kind of jarring for you i will say mm-hmm. that they definitely don't romanticize like that that first intro sequence uh with the um her with alex and then her with whatever larry is that his name larry larry um, terrible yeah, larry that's we a little larry. more uh, everyone hates larry but then as the, as you go into i guess the prison relationships they're just kind of very they're not romanticized it's just like yep we're going to behind this church right um pulpit and it's going to be you know graphic but also like really funny at the same time and messy in a way that real life is so and, 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 and that's what i like about it same and and you know there, a lot of times a lot of the sex is about needing human companionship yeah um mm-hmm. but i also think what's interesting too i mean even like the you know the the alex and and um uh you know piper characters um, it's very clear that it's it's not just about like, oh, look, let's have hot women, you know, like making out and doing whatnot. Like they loved each other. And yeah. that's yeah. never something that's like even it's never even considered like, oh, this was just, you know, a, a you know, a, a, a put on thing. And I, I actually like that depiction of bisexuality with, with Piper's character, especially where she doesn't make any apologies for the fact that she's, you know, been in relationship with both men and women like. You know, mm-hmm. she she calls like Alex the love of her life, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with what her gender was. You know, she just she's that, that it's just who she is, yeah. um, which is something that I I don't think we see a lot with bisexual characters on television. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the people around Piper can be kind of crappy about it. Yes, they can, which but I is... which I which I think is also hey. accurate. Yeah, exactly. But, but but I feel like having a character who just is open about it and and is not is not apologizing and isn't put into one of these things where even the show is like oh well you say you're bi but you're really one of these ways where it's like no actually you know this is how you know it's possible we're all like on a kinsey scale you know it's not a matter of oh you're just saying you're bi because you're afraid you admit you're gay or you're just experimenting it's not one of those things which is all too common i think with with bi characters in media no i i well there's a lot of social pressure 
I think, to be heteronormative. I mean, I think that, you know, for me, I think, you know, I think I'm certainly socially rewarded for, you know, being with a dude. I think that, you know, Frank was the guy I happened to fall in love with and marry. And I think that that I, I see the ways that the way I'm treated is differently versus when I've had girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think, like, maybe it's just because I was only two or three episodes in and it just... It, it felt like, it, it, I don't know, I hadn't really explored her bisexuality yet. In fact, I thought she was someone that had tried that and then was, you know, getting married to a dude. So maybe that ties into bisexual erasure. They, you know, I'm I'm thinking about it now. I, I do love, the I love that they there are bi women on that show and that they're not in competition with lesbian women. They're just all together being queer and fun. Um, I don't know that they've, actually said the word bisexual on the show i don't like quote me on this because i i this is just because i i didn't notice and this is just something that i've heard from people on tumblr as a complaint about the show is that they have not said bisexual like they've made it clear piper is into men and into women and especially into alex as (laughs) we all are Right, right right but i don't know that they've actually come out and defined it by hmm. that word which is unfortunate yeah that's weird but yeah okay oh, well yeah. now i will watch it now i will watch this okay you guys sold well me. see now you have to catch up to it because we can have like we can have these discussions so whether yeah, for good or for bad really we, we, curious, we, 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 we can we can criticize the show we can have like cultural critiques of this because i don't yeah. love the show i mean i like the show a lot but it's not like i think it's perfect i think it's flawed in a lot yeah. of ways but that's one for of the sure. reasons i want to have the conversation about it with you guys yeah, and I want to hear from your fresh perspective of it, I guess, since again, it has been like a year since I watched season two. So I want to hear like a fresh take <laughs> well, on it. This is like yield television. It. This is like season yeah. three of a new show. So I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what are you working on this week, Brie? Oh, God. We're into an hour and a half. Why don't we'll do a very abbreviated Let's... version? Um, <laughs> have you guys been seeing One word me answer. update the textures for holiday uh, on Facebook yes! and Twitter? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. So good. Amazing. She's looking so much better. She's armored. She looks tough. There's kind of a, a BDSM angle, like 10% to it. <laughs> She's so hot. But it's like the, oh, man, like this is, this is, I find it so frustrating that like Holiday's butt is gorgeous. Okay. I'm sorry. Like it's just a work of art. It's gorgeous. And like, I want to represent Holiday as a strong character. And I understand why we need to put her in armor and not a form fitting uniform. And on PC, the poly count is not as big an issue. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. But it's really frustrating to me to be like, posting pictures of the updates on holiday and to have people complaining that like, Oh, well her butt is very prominent. I'm like, that's a gorgeous butt. I spent so much time sculpting that butt and like, you know, like something's got to be underneath her legs. So I don't know. People should believe in your intentions. Right. Right. Yes. My favorite playtesting moment was when, uh, God, this is my friend Malia. She came over to playtest Rev 60 and she's watching holiday, like walk down the hall and she just looks at me and she goes, I gotta go do some squats. (laughs) 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 It was just the best moment. Yeah. Cool. So Christina, what are you up to? 
Uh, so I'm just kind of in, in post Apple uh, madness, and just um, I'm um, going to be kind of doing more video stuff um, going forward for Mashable, which I'm really excited about. So Yay. I officially start doing a lot more of that next week, um, and um, actually. Um, week after next i'm going to be giving um a keynote presentation at CinemaCon, which is a a big uh conference for uh the national association of uh, theater um, owners so you know wow. movie theater chains and so i've got to get my presentation for that done so that's what nice. i'm up to how often are you on cool. tv these days um, like it's just constantly do you have your own channel yeah <laughs> no i wish i did i wish i did no i wish i did but no i i go Can on I a couple times a week that's awesome Sorry, I, talking about TV channels reminded me that I tried to cancel my Comcast TV subscription and I ended up getting cheaper TV with HBO for a year. See? I just wanted see, to have no TV. See? Please, You're not God. You're I love you. <laughs> I'm trying. Anyway. No, uh, but they're make, they, if is, they're going to make it cheaper for you, screw that. What are you up to? What are you seriously? up to, Simone? I know, right? Yeah, like, I'm going to call them any year and see what's up. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. $79.99. <sighs> and soon I'll be able to watch you on that TV. But anyway, uh, me this week, I am recovering from the most stressful week of my life. Not really. Um, I'm picking up my car again tonight after the fluid spraying incident. And then I'm going to go home and watch anime all weekend. I literally, I can't even think about professional things right now. Although I am editing together the best video that I will ever make in my life. I'm retiring after this actually because <laughs> I will never again equal it. Um Courtney and I did live action Angry Birds. So amazing. I, wait, yeah. wait, wait. This yeah. is an actual video that I can watch? It will be on, I'm staring at my calendar right now, Monday, the 20th of oh April. You will be able to watch me <gasps> oh my God. play dude, live action Angry dude, Birds. Dude, it's coming out on 420. Hell yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> that is epic. Okay. That is fantastic. Thank you. Oh my God. I can't. I, this is so stupid. So it sounds awesome. It transcends I can't stupid wait. into awesome. It's it awesome. does. Yes. I hope that it will. Exactly. All right. So, Brianna, where can we find you online? I don't know. Like, eagerly awaiting the release of the Flappy Birds video. Just sitting there getting refreshed on Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Sorry. Right. Just hitting that repeatedly. But that's a good idea for next time. Also, also, I am on the peaceful and interesting and peaceful Twitter account, Space Cat Gal. Where you read every notification that you get, right? I do. I do. All of them. All of them. Yeah. All 10 of them. Uh, Christina, where can we find you? You can find me also awaiting um, Simone's live action Angry Birds uh, video. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually squatting at SimonePlaysAngryBirds.com. Um, that's going to be where I'm at. No, actually, you can find me as uh, at film underscore girl on the Twitters and at Mashable.com slash people slash Christina. Or just turn on C- CNBC <laughs> and you're probably going to be on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh which which Angry C-Span. Bird were you? She's can the you president. Say? Uh, I, I made a lot of them. I mean, I, you'll, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. Okay. You'll see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, 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 at Doom Quasar, um, and on the YouTubes where I will be playing Angry Birds <laughs> next week, week after next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in. 